0: This is a Charles Russell Speechleeze podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to a special episode of Property Patter, where we shall be diving into what the spring budget means for the property market. I am Sam Lear, an associate in the real estate disputes team, and I'm delighted to be joined by Helen Coward a partner in our corporate tax team with particular expertise in real estate tax matters, and Mark White, a partner in our real estate team, who specialises in advising investors on complex commercial real estate matters. Welcome both. Following the ill-fated mini-budget under the Liz Truss Premiership, Chancellor of the Exchequer, Jeremy Hunt, was tasked with steering the economy into calmer waters with his autumn statement. Yesterday, he delivered his first spring budget. And whilst there were eye-catching reforms to pensions and childcare, which have dominated column inches, less has been reported on what the budget actually means for the property industry. Mark, perhaps you could kick us off by telling us a little bit about what the property market was hoping for with this budget. Was there a hope that the Treasury would pull any big rabbits out of the hat?
2: Thanks, uh, Thanks, Sam. Um, uh... No, uh, I, th- I think the expectations of, of genuinely big moves were, were, were pretty low. Um, I think the, the work was done over the preceding few weeks to, to kind of set expectations on, on that side, that there wouldn't be too many sort of big, big giveaways. Um, so in terms of the, the announcements that probably are on people's radar, um, you know, we knew that there would be announcements around investment zones and, and regeneration. Um, so the funding announced for that is, is to be welcomed. Um, it wasn't necessarily a huge surprise. Um, as ever with uh, that kind of thing, that the key is how quickly the incentives translate into action. Um, but to take for one example, the cost of development and recruitment around London, around Oxford, around Cambridge uh, are only going up. So if the potential of some of the other big university towns can be unlocked, then that's definitely going to prove a, a boost for growth businesses in life sciences in tech. So that's that that's a, a positive, but as I say, not a massive surprise. Um there is a need and a and a and a desire in the industry, I think, for some support from government on, on energy efficiency. There was some lobbying from the industry uh, before the before the budget for support on the investment allowances to promote retrofitting of commercial property. We got some of that um whether government could have done more, particularly for small businesses um, who who you know arguably need cash in hand rather than rather than reliefs to um to carry out retrofussing works is 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 something that is probably up for debate. Um, I, I think leaving aside the specific announcements, one of the biggest problems the market's been wrestling with for the last few months is 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 uncertainty. So even before Quasi's budget, we had inflationary pressure. Um, plus availability of debt funding that were making it very difficult to accurately price investment opportunities. And while those issues haven't gone away, if the investment market can see evidence of a clear plan to give some confidence that, you know, in particular, likely moves in inflation will uh, uh, are kind of predictable, um, you know, whether it's up or down, then, then that will help unlock money to invest. So the main aim actually was probably no big shocks Um and the message from the chancellor seemed to be realism mixed with some optimism. Uh, and if the investment market sees that message tracked through in reality over the next few months, we can we can probably expect to see a bit more confidence coming back into the market.
1: Thanks, Mark and Helen. What did the budget actually deliver?
0: As Mark said, uh, there were few few surprises in the budget and few big measures really. So a lot of a lot of what has been announced and what has come out of the revenue and the documentation are, are more technical changes and they're sort of tinkering with existing regimes m- mostly actually to make them more user-friendly and, and to deal with problems teething problems in particular with the corporate interest restriction rules rather than wholesale changes so you've got some amendments to the REIT regime real estate investment trust regime which are largely technical but helpful so to take one example there is a requirement currently for a REIT to hold a minimum of three properties in order to qualify Um, and that will will go away now as long as the the REIT holds a single commercial property worth at least 20 million pounds so that's quite helpful for anyone who's looking to establish a REIT but only has one large property and and I can think of of some clients in that position so that will be welcome and um, most of the technical changes are are along those lines, they're sort of common sense changes to existing regimes that will make them easier for taxpayers to apply without really changing much in terms of their scope. Um, So we had those for the corporate interest restriction rules, as I mentioned, for the REIT rules, for the qualifying asset holding company regime, which only came into effect last year. And so we're seeing some teething problems there, which are being resolved. Um, And then I've talked all about the small changes, but I haven't mentioned the, the only changes which were larger. So A a lot of um, excitement in the run-up to the budget about what would happen with capital allowances. Um, The super deduction is is due to come to an end, which has allowed for uh, a capital allowance effectively of 130% for new expenditure on plant and machinery. And a a lot of speculation about what the Chancellor would do with that coming to an end at the same time as the corporation tax rate going up to 25% on the 1st of April. And and rightly, a lot of concern about what the combination of those things would mean for investment uh, and the growth of of the UK economy. And I think it's fair to say that the Chancellor really delivered on that point from a taxpayer perspective. So there will be full expensing available for at least three years until the 31st of March 2026. And that effectively means that there'll be full. Um, tax relief available for those taxpayers who want it for new items of plant and machinery. Um, There's a few points to to note in relation to that. Um, The first, as I say, is that it's only available on new items, not on secondhand items. So for for property transactions, for example, what goes into your 198 election, that's existing expenditure, existing assets, and and that wouldn't be affected by this measure. Um, The other point to note is that If you then later dispose of the item in respect of which you've claimed the the allowance, then there will be a charge at that point potentially. So that's a point to watch out for. Um, And then finally, it is still possible if it would be more beneficial for the taxpayer to continue to claim writing down allowances at the current rates. So the current rates are 18% for the main rate expenditure, 6% for special rate, under the full expensing that would be 100% for main rate and 50% for special rate and you might think why would anyone ever want to elect into less tax relief up front um, and broadly that would be if, if a company was in for example a loss making position rather than building up a loss which is then subject to potential restrictions on carrying it forward um, you could instead claim claim the writing down allowances instead which might in the end be a better result. Um, so that, that was the main change that everybody was looking for, and as I say, the Chancellor delivered, um, then the only other real point of of note from a a corporation tax perspective or a tax perspective more generally actually for real estate um, taxpayers was the withdrawal of the suggested changes to sovereign immunity. That, That was quite a big surprise.
1: Thank you very much. So quite a few little nuggets for property professionals and practitioners to to, uh, look into. Uh, Mark, were there any big surprises from your perspective?
2: No, not really for me, Sam. I'm um, sorry to say. Um, I'd love to come up with some uh, something really wizzy, um, but the as as I said earlier, they kind of they kind of trailed everything, which is sort of in in line with the you know the uh, the general theme, which is effectively keeping the surprises to a minimum um, for obvious reasons. After last year, there's you know there, there was a bit of a desire, I suspect, to do that. So. The, the the big announcements really were, were trailed most of them we kind of knew about um I think I'm I'm right to say and Helen will jump in and correct me if I'm wrong but the full expensing was better than potentially people were were hoping for or or, or were, were expecting so so that was that was good um uh, and um as I said earlier I, I think the, the the big goal was probably no shock so um in a way, no surprises is, is actually probably a good thing
0: yeah and I, I would agree with that I think I, I personally at least I'd seen full expensing mentioned and, and was quite doubtful that that was what would be delivered so that that was a welcome a welcome announcement and I suspect lots of people were in the same boat of thinking that although clearly there would need to be some movement on capital allowances full expensing would simply be too expensive um I think the the really interesting thing about full expensing, which uh, we haven't talked about, is that, obviously, as I mentioned, it's it's only for three years at the moment. So there is a a sunset on the on the current rules, which will end on the 31st of March 2026. But there was also an indication from the Chancellor in the speech that actually they would be looking to to take it forward and and have it as a permanent change. And it was a slightly odd comment of as soon as we can responsibly do so. So it's hard to see. It, it may be that that time never comes. But I think really at the moment, this, is, this has moved the problem three years down the road and then there'll be another difficult decision at, at that time. But obviously, politically, that may be quite a different landscape. So that will be something for people to watch out for. Um, and, and otherwise, as Mark says, mainly the budget was was something that didn't give taxpayers any any nasty shocks, which was a nice change
1: particularly after the mini budget in the, in the autumn, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you mentioned a little bit about uh, sovereign immunity um, just now. Um, why was that such a surprise to you?
0: Yeah, yeah, good question. Um, it was a surprise, really, because the revenue has been doing the exact opposite for uh, more than, it well, close to a year. So they opened a consultation last year, which in itself was a bit surprising, about limiting the um ability for sovereign immunity to be uh, claimed and sovereign immunity is at its most basic the immunity of of other heads of state from paying tax and that's a simple way of saying it but it's actually quite complex when you get down to the different arms of government and and how it all actually works um, but what is uh, definitely a fact is that it's very important in relation to the investment made in UK real estate by um, people coming from abroad so uh, I, I do. I wonder if it, if the projected impact of it on UK real estate investment and other investment is one of the reasons why this has been pulled but as I say it was a surprise because the revenue had done a detailed consultation including looking for responses from, from tax advisors uh, all of whom will now be very disappointed that all of their detailed input into the proposed rules is is, a, is of no longer any use to anybody um, but so so the revenue it didn't look like it was a possibility that they would be restricting sovereign immunity. It looked like a certainty, and now it's just been pulled completely with no notice really so it's it's very welcome as I say it's welcome for for um those who would otherwise have had to pay had to pay more tax on their income and gains um there's also quite a lot of complexity in how these investors um, feed into tax exemptions for funds, for example, so a lot of that could have been quite a headache for people to to work out. Um, But it's a very welcome change um, from from the direction in which the government was headed before.
1: Thank you both very much for that really helpful summary. Um, To finish then with a bit of a hypothetical, if you were the Chancellor, what might you have included? Um, Let's start with you, Helen.
0: Uh, It's it's a difficult one. budget predicting. I suppose for me, and I'm I'm reminded of this because I'm I'm looking at this for a few clients at the moment, but the the SDLT rules on purchasing residential property have just become so complicated and they are they are revenue raising, but it, it's got to the point where it's actually quite difficult for conveyancers to apply the rules. So I suppose if I were the Chancellor, I probably would have included something to to simplify those rules, probably to remain in cost terms largely the same because as i said it is a revenue raiser and, and that's important in these times but i think something does need to be done about those rules to make them less complex to apply because it's it, it's really not a tenable situation for a lot of conveyances
2: and mark 100 yeah. uh, percent tax relief for lawyers sam um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, uh, um, I, I mentioned it slightly earlier uh so the the there's a whole swathe of smaller businesses who um uh, probably would love to carry out energy efficiency works to their to their property um if if they could um and uh, uh and aren't sort of deliberately not doing that but but you know when everyone's operating on tight margins when you've got inflationary pressure when you know you've you've got the, the sort of the day-to-day grind of you know getting getting on with the day job it can be quite hard to justify dropping capital expenditure on things which will pay off in three five years maybe even if you you would like to do that so more support possibly in the form of um uh whether it even be a a handout of some some kind rather than a sort of relief um tax relief for for those smaller businesses to to start actually making proactive changes to their buildings to to kind of help get us towards that sort of net zero goal is um, is, is something that I think would be would be good um, to to see so that would have been that would be good to see um, whether it will happen i don 't know but it's it 's certainly in line with the the stated aims of the government um, so that would be that would be my one
1: well thank you both very much and if any lawyers are entitled to tax relief it'd be you too so thank you very much for your for your very quick work in sort of digesting the yesterday's budget and thank you everybody for listening until next time goodbye
0: this is a charles russell Speechley's podcast